0: TPV Radio, Central Texas. This is A.R. Base. Keep it locked right here
1: on TPV
0: Radio. You are listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The voice radio network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let's go!
2: That's right, family and friends. It is the hottest radio network on the planet. TPV Radio have an all-star lineup just for you. Sunday, TPV Reloaded at 2 p.m. Monday, it's The Grub at 12 p.m. The Reality Coach at 6 p.m. Tuesday, Victory Over the Weight of Life at 6 p.m. Friday, The Caribbean Pepper Pot at 8 p.m. Saturday, Brother Down presents at 4 p.m. Men, let's talk every first Friday of the month at 4 p.m. TPV presents by appointment only. Coming to you on June 6th, it is our Saturday Buffet with Lorraine Brown at 12 p.m. Walk with me, let's go!
0: At McGerald's Products. Care for a better you with our handmade natural ingredients to give you healthier skin, body, and stronger hair. Like our face, foot, hair, and body care products. To order yours today, please visit our website at www.majalsproducts.com or on Facebook at Majals Products. Get yours today. Your without breaking the bang. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. <laughs> you're, you're listening to Sell Life with Michael Savalos right now on TPV Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, this is... The main event of the evening. And now, senores e senores do Brasil and UFC fans watching around the world, live from the sold-out HSBC Arena in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, it's
3: This is still live, and it is day 75 in a year-long experiment of educating society on the different issues that convicts face inside and outside the walls and also on personal transformation. So we are coming to you today, and we're going to be talking about relationships, all the different types of relationships that society has with incarceration. So we have asked some very uh, talented women, some very uh, courageous women to come on the show today, and uh, we have three uh, wonderful women coming on today to talk about these different things. One of them is a guest from a pr- uh, prior show, Mrs. Uh, Miss Sandra Grace Martinez will be with us. She is an ex-parole officer and a clinical therapist, and we are also going to have Veronica McKnight on the show with us today, who is a mother and a sister of two uh, brothers who are incarcerated, one of them with a life sentence, and the other one with a 40-year sentence, I believe. And she has a lot of knowledge and is a very good friend of mine, and one of her brothers is uh, one of my best friends, so she'll be on the show with us today. You have uh, Leticia de los Santos going to be on with us today, and she is an entrepreneur and an activist, uh, an advocate, a, uh, a wife, to an an incarcerated husband and uh, just does a lot of work in the community, and she runs a company called Behind the Bricks Enterprise, and she does a lot of stuff with us, and we have a great relationship with her, so she'll be on the show with us today as well. So I just want to kind of tell y'all a little bit about uh, my particular relationship with incarceration, which is very dynamic. Uh, It has been a lifelong relationship uh, that uh, Has taken me in a bunch. Oh we also, oh, I'm very sorry We also have a studio audience With us today We are uh, We have one of my cousins uh, Joanne Aliman Is going to be in the studio With us today and since we're an all women Panel we also have uh, My uh, son's girlfriend Is going to be in the room with us and her name is Carly and if she has something to say She can uh, speak up and we're going to be talking about relationships, mainly women relationships with incarceration and not necessarily a relationship that is uh, on a uh, a marriage or a boyfriend. But just any type of relationship that uh, gives you some type of insight on, on, on how things should be and uh, maybe how things could be better or different or even uh, – I don't know, just just, just an observation From different relationships So I wanted to share my particular relationship With y'all, with incarceration And like I said, it's very dynamic I've uh, been in and out of prison For the last 40 years uh, From uh, state school to uh, To TDC And uh, so my relationship Has been uh, Pretty complete as with incarceration, and I am uh, working on relationships that I did not work on uh, while incarcerated. Now out here in the free world, but I was married to a wonderful woman for many years that stuck with me uh, through through many uh, trips down in the uh, state department of criminal justice. So my relationship with incarceration has been bittersweet. I've had some very poor. Uh, uh, understandings of incarceration and I've had some very beautiful uh, exciting memories with people that uh, communicated with me and loved me through my struggles so uh, I want to go ahead and uh, introduce our guest again of course we have Sandra Grace Martinez who is an ex-parole officer and a also a clinical therapist and is does a lot of work in the communities, and uh, I don't have my cheat sheet here right, with, right here with me, but, uh, and we have Veronica McKnight and Leticia De Los Santos. Is everybody on the line with us right now? Yes. Well, thank you for having me. Is that Sandra yes. Grace? Hello, Sandra Grace.
4: Hello.
3: Veronica, Hello, are you there?
5: Yes, this is me. Okay. Hello. Uh,
3: Leticia? I'm here. All right. How y'all doing? Good. Great. Good, good. Okay, so uh, I just want to kind of open up the uh, the uh, floor on uh, uh, maybe, uh, uh, Leticia, if you would just share a little bit about uh, your relationship with incarceration and how you got started in um uh, what you're doing today with uh, Behind the Bricks surprises and just all the different programs that you have going on. you want to share some of that with us today?
2: Um, sure. So let me see how I got started. I got started as a pen pal to incarcerated um, people who were locked up just by writing to them. Um, so it all started as a pen pal, just knowing the system, getting to know the system, basically learning about the ins and outs of of the TBCJ, and then it just blossomed. So for about seventeen years, I I did pen pals. And so what what uh, has that?
3: Did you did you actually uh, meet your current husband uh, during this? I did during this
6: time, or you
3: did? Yes. You want to yes. tell so us so about that? How was that
2: 2014. So in 2014, I met my husband um, as a pen pal. Didn't want no no kind of relationship, but of course, you know, things happened, and it blossomed to something else, and he became my husband in 2015. So for six years, we've been together. Um, Right now, we are still together, and just a lot of things is happening due to COVID, um, due to a lot of, you know, him being D5, everything, everything. so we're we're in the midst of a divorce um, is right it, now. Is it, do, it. Lathisha, Is it
3: due to just poor communication? I mean, why are y'all uh, uh, having issues now? Uh, does it have to do with COVID? I mean, I, I know that there's a lot of uh, uh, you know we're not able to communicate the way we used to with our family members that are incarcerated right now because of the uh, pandemic, and we're not really able to uh, bond. I mean, we already have a very limited uh, uh, access to our loved ones while they're incarcerated. But during the COVID, I know it's gotten very, very hectic, and I wonder if that has played any role in the right now.
2: I'm gonna say yes, it is due to Covid only because of the fact that we don't get to um visit the way we used to visit, so I used to visit him um every other weekend and only just because he's g five so but when he was like in in population, I was there every weekend so oh so so but due to let me so.
3: Let me explain to the to the audience who what G five is. G five is a classification in the uh, prison system where you are uh, locked down. Usually, it's usually twenty three and one, and uh, you eat and you do everything inside of your cell. With what's what's the what's the kicker about G five and what's the worst part of the whole thing is the classification part. You have a cell. So you're 23 and one inside of a cell with someone. Y'all, both of y'all are having issues, obviously, because you're 5 You're not very happy with your situation, uh, and you're having to learn how to cohabitate, and also, you know, prop up a marriage or try to. I don't know. I was married while I was incarcerated as well to a wonderful woman who did all the things that you know that that. Then I'm sure you do, Leticia, that, you know, support her man and do all the things. And I just could not, uh, when you're incarcerated, even though you want to give everything that you have, uh, you just can't. There's just nothing there for you to give. You don't, you know, you can't help financially. You can't help, uh, you know, in different ways, uh. How has this? Uh, how has the the separation and the COVID nineteen affected your uh, your uh, husband? When's the last time you spoke um, to him,
2: The last time I spoke to him, I received a letter in April. That was the last. I think April tenth was the last time I received any kind of um, form of communication with him. Yeah. And it was so, um, how are you holding up Mama? that's
3: that's i guess that's the main thing because you know time is time in there i mean it's, he's he's got to do it regardless but you know we need to know how how you're doing out here because you know this this world is moving we got covid 19 we got uh, uh, you know, uh, a lot of protests going on, a lot, a lot of different things going on in the country right now. How are you holding up with all this? I know it's got to be difficult for you. And that's really what I want to talk about this relationship side because the men, you know, and because and I got an all-women panel, but we are, uh, Sandra Grace has a different relationship with, with incarceration, so uh, uh, she has a different uh, outlook on it. But,
7: uh, you know, I
3: I just want to give props and and recognize the women in this in this uh, crisis of incarceration because they are the driving force behind most men that get better so I just want to just I, I just want to put that out there but anyway Leticia, uh, uh so so you're holding up okay mom.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. I, I keep myself very busy, you know. Um, I have my business. I have my girls. I, I do have a part-time job. And then I have another friend who has her own business, and I help her as well. So I try to stay busy. I try to stay around friends that are very positive. Um, And that's the main thing. main key is to stay positive, to stay with people who are going through a similar situation. Um. Other wives that have, you know, incarcerated loved ones, you know, they've been very supportive. They've been, like, telling me things to keep your head up, you know, just go out, do you, have fun, um, you know, and just keep the business going. And that's basically what I've been doing is just making so you sure have a good I system. Busy. Oh, yeah, most definitely.
3: That's good. That's good. That's very good. Uh, tell us a little bit about your business uh, and, and how it's tied into uh, to to this whole
2: uh,
3: incarceration thing, uh, Leticia.
2: So Behind the Bricks was actually my husband's idea. And when he pitched it to me, I just ran with it. And so he basically wanted to sell um, – there's a lot of tattoo artists in there. There's so a lot of people who draw. So it was – basically starting out to do um what we call copias or art artwork and just sure I sell artworks to to inmates. I also have like a pen pal service where they can come in and and I'll put them on Facebook and different free websites everywhere and it just blossoms. I also do yeah. T shirts. Um <laughs>
6: And yeah, you did
2: our
6: thing, shirts for
2: the uh, <laughs> protest. Right, right. I did a lot of shirts for the protest. There was a lot of my shirts out there. I was, I was highly impressed and, and satisfied. That was a fresh taker for me.
3: Yeah, that's great. That's great. I want to uh, uh, let me.
2: I want to ask. Uh,
3: I want to talk to the other guests for a minute, Leticia. Let me get back to you for a second. Okay. Uh Veronica, Good. how no, are you hi. doing?
5: Hi, how are you doing? Good. I just wanted.
3: Have you heard from uh, from uh, Christopher, your other brother?
5: Um, yes. They, um, as I had told you, they're able to call home now. They get five minutes. So he has been able to reach out to my mom, let her know that he's okay. And this weekend I received a letter from him. Um, I just haven't got to it because I had to spray it first
3: <laughs> oh, and let yeah. it dry
5: the process. <laughs>
3: Oh, so you sprayed it. You sprayed it down, yeah, because it's coming from, it's it, it, it's coming from the from the COVID uh, uh, incubator.
6: Correct.
5: You know yes, what I'm sir. Saying?
6: yes.
3: Yeah. Sir. So, how is he doing? Is he okay?
5: Um. Yes, he said he's doing fine. Like I said, there's not really much to say when you just have five minutes, but you know. Yeah, yeah, good. yeah. You don't get
3: much keeping in. Keeping
5: yeah. his he, keeping his head up, dancing. He said. <laughs>
3: Oh, he is. Yeah, you know, your brother is a very, very good friend of mine. Uh, I did. Uh, I probably did a year. I slept right next to him. He was my next door neighbor, and uh, we became really good friends. And uh, I have a lot of respect for your brother. He is an. He is an, an incredible man. Uh, and uh, we have talked a little bit on this show about the law of parties. And I know that you commented on it before, but I know that uh, your brother fell under that law, I believe. Did he not? Correct. Yes, sir. Yeah. And so so I knew he had told me about that. So I was speaking about it the other day and I had him on my mind because it is really incredible to me that when it comes to criminals, that they can pass laws that group us together.
6: Uh, when
3: there's a crime being committed, all the parties in, you know, that were even remotely involved get charged with the same crime. Okay, and they, you know, and it's across the board. It's it, it's a law that's been passed. I don't know, maybe I don't know exactly. Maybe five, ten years ago, maybe longer. But it's been around for a minute, and they're locking these men up for life. Behind, you know, driving somewhere and someone getting out. Sometimes these men don't even know they go in and kill somebody, and the guy comes back out and gets in the vehicle and they drive away, and everybody in the vehicle is charged with capital murder because he went in and robbed and killed somebody, and that's similar to what happened to your brother, and because uh, they know he did not commit the murder, they know that, but he got right, charged with the, the law of parties.
5: Yeah, they have. He did the not get charged. People, with it. people that did it. He yeah,
3: yeah. So it's it's incredible to me that uh, anyway he's a very good friend of mine. I love your brother, and uh, you. uh, and I just you know I I really thank you for coming on to the show. I do not know your other brother, but I do know his struggles. So uh, thank you for you know, having. me. know we really appreciate. It. Yeah, we appreciate. It. I you know your brother did every piece of tattoo work that I have on me. So he was my tattoo artist. And uh he slept next to me so we very easily just switched from cell to cell and and uh uh did did work all the time. But anyway, uh that's on a different note. But yeah, so do you uh, how is it do you have any other brothers out here, Veronica?
5: Um, I have one brother that's out here.
3: How uh, uh, is, uh <laughs> What age is he to your other two brothers? Um,
5: He's 40. He's around 40, so he's like 10, 12 years younger than them.
3: And is Christopher the oldest?
5: (laughs) No, he's second to the oldest.
3: Okay. How is it with them being away? How has it been for you? I know that I've got three sisters, and it was very difficult for them growing up with me not being there, they went through a lot of different things that a brother is supposed to be there for their sister, you know? And I just wanted to know if you had any outlook or or, or what you, how you see that. And, uh, you know, if if there's any way ever that I can step in for Christopher, if you ever need me, uh, I would love to do that because he's been there for me on a lot of different issues. So uh, yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about that?
5: Um, so on and off, um, my brother have served, maybe the first time he went to jail, I was like six years old, and that time, both of my brothers served eight-year sentences together. Um, and it was not easy growing up without him, because he was like, when my mom would go to work, he's the one that, to watch us. So when he was gone, he was like, really missed, and and it's hard to, you know you only get to go see them every other weekend. And my mom, she would cook tamales all week and have us sell them so that she can visit them that weekend. And
2: right. that's how we Man. did it, to
5: see them every weekend. My mom was like, every weekend, and we have to go see both of your brothers. And that's how she would do it. That's how she would get the money together to for gas and for, you know, snacks for them. And um, so that was kind of sure. hard. But we wanted to of course. do it because we wanted well, to
3: the Tamales always come through, don't they? <laughs> yes, sir. If so Tamales, we were, we I love the to... tamales, man. You can, we can, we can uh, 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 start a war, fund a war with with, with tamales. <laughs> Correct. We really yes, need man. to. We want we, we, we need to start one on this front, on this mass incarceration. We can fund this okay. war with 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 tamales.
5: Sounds good.
3: <laughs>
5: so <laughs> But anyway, so, yeah, so uh,
3: so so how often does does do they get to call right now, Veronica?
5: Um they can call um I think it's every day or every other day, but like I said they're on a the limit. It's um five minutes. That's right. where my brother Christopher is. Um he's over there, um over here in Rose Sharon. That's okay. where he's located. Right. He's still he's on the tarot unit. Correct. And then my other brother, well, they're in lockdown still. He hasn't been able to call. Um, they're still on lockdown because they have a heavier amount over there. I'm thinking that it's positive, which he's in Huntsville, in that area, one of those.
3: Oh, yeah, there's a major outbreak right now in Huntsville On as far as the COVID is concerned. So, uh,
5: correct. So that one is still on lockdown. He hasn't been able to call. Uh, the preacher or the pastor there was able to call and let um, his wife know that he was okay. He sent that message home, that has been our only message.
3: And you said, and he, and he was COVID positive.
5: Correct. The one from Huntsville, he is COVID positive. And from what we know, they're basically just throwing the positive back in with the people that are negative. Correct. They're just throwing them right back in, into population. They don't even separate them.
3: Yeah, that's it's they're they're telling us that they're separating them, but there's no way we live there. Uh, 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 you know, I know that they they don't have the capacity to separate these people. They don't. They don't have the beds. They don't have the, the the medical capacity. They don't have the the the. They just don't have the bed space. They they don't have the capabilities to to transfer and move all this different things. They're, they're already around doing too to much already.
5: Yeah, they don't have the, you know, be able to move everything around to accommodate that situation.
3: Yeah, absolutely not. not. I know they don't. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen too much of, I've seen them not handle non-crisis. Yeah. yeah you know, uh, yeah, hospitals don't have enough space right now, much less, you know, a, a prison unit that has six beds for, for, for hospice. You know what I'm saying?
5: You just don't, Um, it's not going to,
3: it's not going to happen. From
5: from what I heard. Yeah. That Huntsville is on a high risk and now um, all of Harris County is, and it's like, yeah, our hospitals are full. So how can you say they're getting this treatment in there when it's not true?
3: Right, right. Yeah. So, uh, how is your mother? You know, I I spoke to your mother, uh, I guess maybe a month ago, and uh, she's a sweetheart, man. And I and I, uh, how is she doing? Um, she's
5: doing well. Um, she does worry when she don't hear from them, you know, because she's used to them calling. She's like, well, I pay for them to call; they're able to call whenever they want. So when they're not able to call, she gets worried. But but like I said, um, one of my brothers does. Was able to reach out to the wife, and then my brother Christopher. He has been able to call at least five minutes, and he calls her. That's
3: where he calls to my mom's house. Right. Cool. Well, that's good. Well, uh, I, I know it's only five minutes, but if 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 you get to speak to him, tell him I said hello, and and and, and we love him, and you know we support him out here, and uh, we. Uh, I want you to stay on the line. We're gonna have we have a long show i wanna uh, okay, uh, bring you. sandra grace martinez in hello Sandra grace. how are you doing? I'm doing well. how are you I'm good i'm good i am sorry i have uh i'm out of town and just did not have my stuff together. I just got your uh text a while ago but uh Sandra grace is uh an ex parole officer and but has tons of experience
7: in the legislative
3: field and is a clinical therapist and was on the show with us last week. And uh, we asked her to come back this week to uh, speak about uh, uh, her relationship with incarceration within, in whatever aspect. She has a different take on it. She's been in, all, in the professional field of incarceration, or not necessarily incarceration, but uh, legislative uh, things and uh, Sandra Grace, I just wanted to kind of get your take on how you see uh, or, or or just your relationship and, and, and what you want to share with us today, ma'am. Well, as a parole officer,
4: I remember having several ladies uh, on my caseload that were um, coming out uh, for the first time and uh, one case specifically stands out, uh, but before before I get to to uh, talk about that, I just wanted to tell Letitia and Veronica, you know, thank you for sharing your stories. I think it's very powerful uh, testimony that um, that we all face challenges and uh, love is challenging with or without incarceration, but it's um, for Veronica and her brother, um, to have that, the sibling relationship is also fractured, um, and there's stressors, There are stressors that both Leticia and Veronica, um, have shared, and not only that, um, the coping skills that go with that are very different than the average individual or marriage or couple or family that are not incarcerated. Um, The family dynamics are different for those that are not incarcerated. And so I just applaud them for their bravery and their honesty for uh, sharing and their story Um, is wonderful. I just appreciate Leticia and Veronica.
3: Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's right. So the one Uh, young lady, uh, I just don't ever
4: forget her. Um, And and this is probably not necessarily what we're discussing, but it does tie in. um, And and this is how I see it. I see it from a, a perspective of what's at risk for women who are paroled out, not necessarily men, but men do struggle as well when they're paroled out. So the Women that I would uh, supervise had difficulty, unfortunately, getting jobs, stimulating back into society, no different than a man coming out on parole. So uh, one of the things I did find that was a common denominator of all the women that were on parole on my caseload. Was that they were at high risk for being trafficked or for being uh, physically abused or by their partner? Uh, and right. and that, um, you know that was something that uh, it was a fear um, that they couldn't really talk to about many people, but um, they I guess because I, I, I'm a woman, they were able she talked to me about the fears of having the parole and the conditions of parole over their heads uh, and being uh, harassed or being threatened by their significant other, that if they do not comply with X, Y, Z, that they will be thrown under the bus, that they're going oh, to call you parole officer, you know, I'm going to do this. And so I just yeah. remember, you know, that the, even the, the black eyes and the busted lips and, and, you know, you know, she would say there's, there's nothing I, I, I can do. Um, it'll be his word against mine. And, uh, you know, she's truly felt helpless and uh, was very depressed and suicidal. And so, and, and I don't blame her. Um, she, the, the ultimate, um, the ultimate word is hopelessness. And in her case, that was, was it, she received shelter, water, food, and, and some money from this, uh, her significant other. Um, and, and that was, you know, uh, for her, it, her way of not dignifying, but rationalizing in her head that that's, you know, she needed to remain in that relationship. But there are higher, you know, risks. Um, of domestic violence uh, for parolees uh, coming out of the system, um, both men and women. I've seen women uh, also want to throw their men under the bus. Um, it is a it is a power uh, and control thing, uh, so sure. that that often is not discussed, but it does happen on a daily basis. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, we. We, we we talked about a little we talked about that a little bit on a, a Facebook show the other day about uh, the relationship with some of these women that uh, you know that, that get involved with these men. It's more, a lot of times it can also be about power. They have the ultimate control over everything that goes in and inside to the prison to this man. You, you know just just they just have the ultimate control over the person that they're in a relationship with. But anyway, it's, it's, it's a weird dynamic and it's a beautiful dynamic too, because love is love. So, but uh, anyway, go on, go on Sandra Grace. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say that. Uh,
4: there are very, I mean, not all relationships, you know, uh, fall under that category. I just happen to have observed and witnessed some of that. Uh, there are some relationships that uh, will struggle um, I think the average uh, marriage lasts about six years. Uh, and that's on a, you know, that's for folks that, you know, that really are trying and there's, you know, uh, constant contact. Um, so, but it is, they're at risk um, for divorce or delusion, you know, disillusion of marriage. And a lot of it is, um, you know, for, well, for, for one, you know, the intimacy uh, aspect of it um, is, is key. Um, so uh, love, in this case, you know, sometimes we have to love ourselves more than we love someone who perhaps we feel are manipulating on the other side of the plexiglass. Um, you know, sure. it, it, is, it is a very difficult I can't not there's not very and and I <laughs> I I could have done this earlier, but maybe next time. Uh my brother and I'm not, you know, uh, at all ashamed, but my brother he is uh you know, he has been in an out jail. Uh, just recently um got off probation. So He was so happy, Um, but he's been on probation, he's been to safety, he's been to prison, he's been to state jail. I mean, he's been been on tour, that's what I
3: call it. Right, (laughs)
4: right. You you see Jay's system, and and so he's got a lot of experience in in what is and what isn't. Um, But my uh, sister-in-law, I commend her. You know, they they have two kiddos, Well, now they have three um, and she she's still with them. They've been together since they were 15 years, and she was 15 years old, and now they're 33. Um, they're not formally married, but they have been together, and it has been a ride. It has been a ride sure. for them. Um, what kept, uh, in my very humble opinion, what kept them together is us uh, as a family um, helping her uh, financially and helping her um, you know see that this you know will pass and um, you know taking care of the kiddos and uh a- answering questions that the children had about my brother um and so on and so forth and so um God bless them I mean they've been together forever and um they take a they would take a bullet for each other i I, I know i know they would um, and that's just one, you know, one uh, example that I have that I've seen with my own eyes. I've experienced it. I've, I've seen it since they've met. Um, they, the Her commitment has been, you know, no doubt, um, you know, there. Uh, but there was some, you know, dips uh, where, you know, you know, it seemed like um, there was some power and control on the other side of the plexiglass of my brother's fault. Uh, you know, trying to overreach in terms of uh, mm, accusing her of having a boyfriend, or accusing her of several, you know, not loving him enough, or what have you. And and so that it's, you know, it would be no different, I guess, uh, insecure relationships without a plexiglass in between. But it was difficult because. You know, you've got to, you've got to like raise, you know, I, I I remember having to raise uh, her up in in prayer and, you know, let her know that, you know, these are some things that she's going to struggle with um, as, as long as my brother's incarcerated and, um, and luckily, you know, they're still together. They have a home together. He's got a job that he's very well. And so right now to me, it's, been, uh, you know, one of the the good endings, you know, but um, it didn't. Yeah. It's so far the story is still going, but it's actually a good ending. I they're still together and had a baby, and it's precious. And I just think some of us, um, you know, are. Uh, I, I think that some families don't have the the support system that they need to keep the marriage together.
3: Um, and yeah, so, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I wanted I to, to say lot. something on that because today, Sandra Grace, I was having a conversation with my cousin, and we were talking about the strain that the family takes when the person is incarcerated. When the you know one of the one of the parents or the you know spouse is incarcerated, and just the the, the toll that it takes on the family. And 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 you're right. Not everybody has the support system, and the the village that it takes to help the woman with children or whatever that the man is incarcerated to to get through these things and to actually you know save a marriage. Uh, uh, I know that my family worked and. I mean did everything they could to try to keep me and my wife together when I was incarcerated and 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 we did it for a long time but I, I mean I just I would not uh, I was just too selfish I was too immature and 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 I just wouldn't get it you know and 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 I regret it today and it's something that I'll live with for the rest of my life but I'm just saying just the struggle that the family goes through Not even the convict, let's not even talk about the convict right now. Let's talk about the struggle that the family, the the, the stress and the financial uh, burden that is put on the family. You know, even if you're guilty, I I mean, TDC does not pay you anything to help in any way to help uh, support. Of family or even support yourself, so you wouldn't be a strain on the family. But anyway, I just wanted to speak on that, Sandy Grace, because you mentioned it, and we were talking about it earlier. And uh, it, it's it's really something that that I think could be easily remedied with some, you know, legislature or something. You know, we need to pay. We we need to find a way where not, you know, it doesn't take the whole family to pitch in for this wife and kids that they're, you know, the the, the father has gone to prison.
1: I mean. And there's, uh, you know, if
4: I may recommend, you know, that um, there are some really good books. uh, And one book is by Megan Comfort, which I love that last name, Comfort. I mean, wow, what a last name. But her name is Megan Comfort. And she has a book called Doing Time Together, Love and Family in the Shadow of the Prison." and you know she talks about these challenges that the family faces um and i think the title says it all when it's as everyone is doing time uh in, in a way sure um you know they're they're um, uh, struggling and um, having to uh, you know, think about how much gas is it going to take me to get from here to three rivers or four rivers? I don't even know the name of it, but I know my brother but was over yes, three
3: there. He, he visited that, place. Yeah. <laughs> he visited that place, they probably, it. They probably got a four rivers too, Sandra Grace, so it's okay. <laughs> well, my, they got uh, my mother of, they, you know, they got plenty of prisons out there. <laughs> well,
4: I remember my mother saying, yeah, we're we're going to go see your brother and, and uh, you know, can we borrow your car? Cause I'm the one with the reliable car. And I would say, of course you can, you know, and then, uh, you know, she'd come back and, and it was, she, she, she would give me her, her experience, share her experience. He had to be, you know, we had to like debrief because it was so much for him, you know, the kid and, and, and the, you know, his wife and, and my mom, going and everybody's got a specific time and uh, you have to wait um, and you know, people get frustrated and, and then the drive back. And so I, I remember, you know, having to do that debrief with her and, and letting her know that, you know, it, it's, it's not forever. It's just for now. And, um, you know, try to support my mother and because you know, gosh, you know, how many times have we heard in the last several weeks about you know men calling out for their mother, um, you know, especially in a time right. of need and desperation. So just to have, and there's a lot of mothers that um, do go, uh, do take the time and um, to to go and visit their their children that are incarcerated men and women, and so. You know the they're unfortunately because uh, the the large the population that is incarcerated um, they're not making any money they're incarcerated um, they're not paying child support because they're incarcerated um, the family um, has to step up and help mom or or, or loved ones that want to go uh, and you know and that comes out of somebody's Budget, you know, it comes out. It means sure. gas, and you know, gas, and and you know, means to get there. Some people don't even um, have a car, and so they'll take, you know, uh, there's alternative ways, you know, that they find themselves in a greyhound to go where they need to go. Um, so, you know, my mother, I come from immigrant parents. My mom and my dad are from Mexico. Um, I, my my mom, you know, she cleans people's homes for a living. She's done it since she was 14, since she crossed the bridge undocumented. Um, she's done that. And I think the biggest, um, uh, you know, I've got to commend my mother because I always think about how many toilets that she has to clean, you know, to, you know, make enough money to um you know, get this and that for my brother or, you know, bail him out or put a bond up, you know, what, what not, um, you know, I mean, a mother's love is just so, so interesting. And I, there's just some objections I have, you know, I have some objections to some of that because of course as a therapist, I think about the word enabling and so on and so forth. But, you know, I, right. I must say, you know, she, she did um, have to do what she had to do um, you know, working, uh, as a housekeeper to continue to work as a housekeeper, even though she's 72, um, to, and she doesn't have to, she just does it uh, nowadays, but she did have to do a, there's a lot of sacrifice. So there's a word, you know, the sacrifice that the families have to do to you know, when they're doing time together. I mean, that, I think that there could be a way, um, of positivity. And, and I see Leticia, is uh, involved in, in an advocate, um, and so um, it, I, I'm not familiar. But if there isn't one, you know, maybe perhaps you know this could begin a conversation of uh, creating a program that assists families in visiting uh, their loved ones—a um, nonprofit or a you know religious-based um, uh, uh, type of approach. Um, because they do better. Um, they, uh, the, the, incarcerated do much better when they know that they have something to look forward to when they leave prison. When you don't have anything look, to look forward to, you don't have anything to lose, so you become very depressed and suicidal, and other things occur. So, um, you know, such as, as drug use and whatnot, and so they, they're at risk. Let's just put it that way. Sure. So I, I, you know, that would be some another conversation, of course. But um, as of now, I don't know of any of those particular programs that help or assist families financially to help support those that are doing time.
3: Yeah, and I know that there are a lot of programs out there, and uh, uh,
7: uh, because
3: I'm from the inside coming out now, I don't necessarily know them all, but I know that there are tons of programs and people have been working uh, behind the scenes in these areas for many years. I'm not bringing very much uh, to the table that's, that hasn't been done, and I, I, but I do want to say, uh, I'm fixing to take us into, the, into a break. I just want to say that you know uh, uh, when people are doing time, they're doing time together, the families, everyone, and it, it is a big deal. Uh, uh families uh can allow resentment to set in because they remain behind having to keep going on or going and often are led to believe that the inmate has it easy while they hold the fort down but it, it, it's it's not nobody has it easy in this thing
6: especially me.
3: yeah especially that well yeah, yeah and, and and I and and because I'm a convict, I don't like to say that, especially an inmate, because I feel like I don't deserve to have had a hard time while I was down there, or something. You know what I'm saying? Or, or gone through something traumatic, or, or, or something. Because, of course, I committed the crime, so I don't think I deserve to, uh, uh, have, you know, had traumatic experiences. I should have just dealt with it. Now I'm out. Now get your shit together. Or, or Excuse me, I'm sorry. And get it together. I'm sorry, Christopher. I Please think, forgive me, y'all. Uh,
6: if I can say something. Sure. Yes. I think it's um it's important to to start educating families early on. Maybe as they're going through court hearings, we know people are going to go to prison. But how does a family deal with that? Because they do. Wives, sisters, mothers stay behind. When we get letters from inmates, we experience that from our brother. We're taking care of our ailing parents, right, and they're at, they're sending letters asking for money, and you kind of feel like, man, we're out here trying to hold the fort down and right. you are laid watch. up watching TV in right. a cell, and that's not the case. you know. No. So we don't really understand what inmates are facing every day, and inmates don't really understand what families are facing
3: that's every right.
6: day. You know, so I didn't know a program. I mean, these things just happen because you got to keep living life. So it would be good, like the book that she just mentioned, for people to be aware that there are programs, groups, something to help families cope. Uh, I know from personal experience, those are the things I felt at times. And not until my brother came home after 14 years did I understand. He went through hell while he was in there, you know? So, I don't know. That's just speaking of what she was
3: talking about. Sure. Absolutely. I I completely agree. Uh, We're we're, we're fixing to take a short break, y'all. I want to thank everybody that has uh, shared today. I I want y'all to come back after the break, please. I want to open up uh, some discussion. I want to ask – we're going to kind of switch gears a little bit, but I do want to ask, is anyone – Uh, And and I know that y'all do. Does anyone on the panel have any statistics around the impact COVID has had on the inmates, especially recently? I know Sandra Grace. I know, and well, I know I I know all of y'all are pretty much on top of this stuff. So I want to talk about it. Uh, We know that jails and prisons house large numbers of people with chronic diseases and complex medical needs who are more vulnerable to COVID-19. So I just want to kind of uh, 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 talk about this and kind of pick y'all's brain on it and just kind of see where y'all are with these with these numbers and how it's going down there so that we can give the people some news uh, uh, and just some, some statistics on it so we can just get a better understanding. Uh, I've been kind of out of pocket trying to get this new cell together and uh, to go back in. So I I, I, I I just need some – I need y'all's take on it. So, Christopher, if you'll take us into a break, uh, panel, we'll be back here in just a few minutes. Thank y'all so much, and thank you, listeners. Uh, we'll be having some uh, call-ins here in a little while uh, after we have another little short conversation. Appreciate it.
0: You're here listening to Life with Michael Savalos right now on TPV Radio. This is God's journey, child, fed old, chestnut, and you're listening to the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Walk with me, family. Let's go. Your love is
1: by your thread, and all I'm clinging to is prayers, and every breath is like a battle, I feel like I ain't come prepared, and death's knocking on the front door, pain's creeping through the back, fear's falling through the window, waiting for them to attack, they say don't get bitter, get better, I'm working on switching them letters, but tell God I'm gonna need a whole lot of hope keeping it together, I'm smiling in everyone's face, I'm crying whenever they leave the room, they don't know the battle I face, they don't understand what I'm going through The so world trying to play with my soul I'm just trying to find where to go I'm trying to remember the way I'm trying to get back to my home But I can't do this on my own That's why I'm just trusting in you Cause I don't know where else to go And I don't know what
8: else to do fight a little longer, my friend It's all worth it in the end But when you got nobody to turn to hold on and I'll find you Just fight a little longer, my friend It's all worth it in the end But when you got nobody to turn to Just hold on and I'll find you I'll find you, I'll find you Hold on and I'll find you I'll find you, I'll find
1: you you. Hold on They say fear haunts And pain hates I say pain strengthens And fear drives faith And I don't know all of the outcomes Don't know what happens tomorrow But when that ocean of doubt comes Don't let me drown in my sorrow And don't let me stay at the bottom I feel like this hole is too deep to climb I've been looking for a way out But I'm for a peace of mind Picking up the pieces of my life And hoping that I put together something right Tell me all I got is all I need Tell me you're going to help me stay and fight. The world trying to play with my soul. I'm just trying to find where to go. I'm trying to remember the way. I'm trying to get back to my home, But I can't do this on my own. That's why I'm just not in yours. Because I don't know where else to go. And I don't know what else to no do.
0: Christian radio quite like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. You're listening to Cell Life with Michael Savalos right now on TPV Radio.
3: Hey everybody, this is Michael Savalos with Cell Life. We're coming back after a break. We were talking about relationships that we have with incarceration and we're not just talking about Husbands and wives, we're talking about any type of relationship, and we've had a wonderful panel on today with us, and I want to thank Veronica, I want to thank Mathesia, and I want to thank Sandra Grace for uh, coming on the show today and sharing y'all's insight. I asked about COVID before we went into the break and the impact it has had on inmates around the country, and uh, I've got a few numbers for y'all, but I want to just share them with y'all, and I'm going to go around like I did before, uh, Leticia and Veronica and Sandra Grace, and just kind of get y'all's insights and how y'all are seeing what's going on right now. But these are, these are some of the numbers, and I just want to – these are some of the numbers from across the country. This is not the prison system, so I want to share this. Nationally, there were over 25,000 new cases reported on Saturday, okay, the highest tally for a Saturday since May 2nd. Okay, many states are also seeing record hospitalizations, so what I want to ask is how are our prison systems looking now, I know I did many years down there, and I've got many friends uh that have done many years with me down there and that I communicate with on a daily on a weekly and uh and I lived it, so I know I did not. I got out on January 17th of this year, so I got out right on the very end before they started tripping about COVID down in the penitentiary. So, uh, but I know how medical is, and I know, uh, you know that they're not capable of taking care of an outbreak like this unless someone comes in. And it's just my opinion, but anyway, uh. uh You know, what have y'all heard or from family members or anyone that you are dealing with? And I want to go ahead and start with Leticia. Uh, Leticia, how are you doing? And uh, just tell us a little bit about what you're hearing uh, through your network of uh, communication with different uh, wives and different things of of men incarcerated. What are you hearing about what's going on right now inside the system? Inside the
2: system, I think um, what I've heard most is just them not checking on on the inmates um the ones who are positive um they're not going back and checking on them to make sure they're okay. they're not isolating them. um they're going to showers you know still in groups um and I think to me that is all wrong and i mean i've had I have a friend, a close friend whose husband supposed he was supposed to be already um out on parole, but because the unit went on lockdown because so there was a positive case, they pushed his parole um, back. Oh, so so, so, now, so someone you know, came up positive.
3: Someone came up positive where he was housed, and they and they held him
2: back. It's not where he was housed; it's just on that unit. Per se. Just on the unit so, somewhere. Yeah, just on yeah, just on the unit somewhere. So he got pushed back, so they wouldn't release him.
3: You know, we were talking about this on Facebook, uh, Leticia, the other day, I believe. And and you know, look, there's some very simple remedies for this. You know, this is not, you know, uh, uh, you know, Neanderthals. This is real simple stuff. We can put when people are fixing to be released. We know it. I mean, everybody knows it. The, the system knows everybody it.
6: Everybody knows it. A month,
3: two months, three months ahead of time. They can isolate so them not? for two weeks before their release or 21 days and then release Correct. them and know that they've gone through the incubation period and and, and tested them and all this stuff. And I, I just don't understand why they're not – why they can't
2: get it together. Right. Right. And that's how I feel about that, too. I'm just like, why can't you, even if you're isolating them into a part of the unit where um there's no known um cases in that part of the unit, sure. so why not? Why does that whole unit have to go on lockdown?
3: Right, yeah. You know, you know this person has not even been, you know, active in an in area I don't know it's just a it, look it's easier it's easier for the prison to be on lockdown than it is for right. it to be open you know what I'm saying it's oh, cheaper a lot of things mm-hmm. you know they don't have to deal with so much but uh I just don't know how they're going to they come out of this to-
2: I mean, how are they with the units that are not on lockdown? Are they letting them go to chow? How are they feeding them? Are they still giving them johnny? I mean, there's a lot of yeah, unknown questions.
0: Sure,
3: sure. I mean, we even we've even known of them, you know, being out of water, not even having water in right. some units. Uh Yeah. There's, and there's, yeah.
2: There's there's I Yeah. Pretty horrendous
3: conditions. Uh, throughout this COVID.
2: Right. And, and another so way to keep, I was going to say, ahead. and then another way that we have a lot of families and to be able to know what's going on and keep track, because I know a lot of people are out of the loop and don't know what's going on with their loved ones, is we have, you know, there's Facebook groups. We have the Real Housewives and CDCJ. Um, we have a lot of family members on there and a lot of wives on that one. Who always vent and let us know what's going on in each unit or different units that their loved ones are in.
3: Sure, sure. I want to kind of
2: open up. I'm I'm glad
3: you said that. Look, if anyone has any questions or has anything to share about the COVID out there that's listening, uh, y'all can go to my Facebook page, Michael Savio's.
7: We have a
3: nice cell, or you can go to Cell by Facebook page. And we have a nice following where we can exchange information and uh, where we can be a network of information for these different issues that we're facing. So y'all just feel free to message me or, you know, say something on my uh, page and let me know what's going on so that we can share and just get the word out on these different issues so that we can start really, you know, create a conversation that maybe can, you know, push things forward. But, uh, well, well, Leticia, thank you so much. I really appreciate you uh, being on the panel today. Uh, You're uh, you know, we do a lot of networking, me and you, and I just really appreciate all the help and uh, all the support that you've given You're us. Very cell welcome. Live. And, uh, no, no you know, problem. I look thank forward you. to uh, working with you more in the future.
2: Huh? Always. I said, thank you for supporting Behind the Bricks. I really appreciate it.
3: No problem, Athecia. Uh I uh, I I I believe in what you're doing, and uh, and I know that your heart's in the right place. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, one thing I did not do, and please forgive me, is I did not pray us in.
7: I want to go ahead and
3: uh, uh, just say a prayer, uh, real quick. So you know, Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, just thanking you for all the all the wonderful things that you do for us that 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 we don't even realize, Lord. Father, we pray for all the men and women that are incarcerated. We pray for our leaders in this country, Lord. And we just ask that you just continue to just uh, mold us into the men and women we are supposed to be, Lord. And I just thank you for all the great things and all the beautiful things you are doing in my life. And I just wanna pray for all the people that are struggling with uh, incarceration, with mental, mental health issues, with addiction, and just, Lord, I just ask you to continue to watch over us, and I love you, and I thank you very much. Anyway, Leticia, thank yeah. you so much for being on the show.
6: Uh, uh, You're very welcome. Thank
3: if you, you for want to stay me. on, we're still going to have more. Uh, we're still going to be talking more, but I'm going to switch over to Veronica and just kind of get her take on what's going on with uh, with her brothers. I know, Veronica, that you shared a little bit a few minutes ago, about one of your brothers who is, uh, who had tested positive for COVID, but, uh, just, uh, I would just like for you to share some of the conditions and some of the things that you've heard about, uh, you know, through your network uh, of, of families and stuff, Veronica.
5: Okay. Thank you. Um, I have heard that like due to commissary, they are, um, not, like, giving them what they usually are able to buy. Like, they usually have a limit anyways, but now they're even more limited in commissary. Um, Right. I think they're limited to, like, one product, two products, and they're not going as often to commissary either. So it's like they're very limited on what they need or what they even can get for themselves. They're not able to, you know, go do that
3: sure they're not even they're not even giving them the option to to get what they need
5: correct and you know and then they have only you know probably i think it's once a month and i don't know what it was before then but and then they're limited to what they can get and they're not even going as
3: many times
5: you know as the regular time
3: right so yeah because i know uh uh when when i you know when i was there i mean You know, you need need to go to commissary. I mean, there are things that you have to have in order to take care of yourself uh, in a hygiene way, uh, you know, uh, food-wise. I mean, they don't feed. They have never. Look, I went to prison in 86 here in Texas, and they might have fed fair then. But it's been 30 years since I've had a good meal in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice, and I can attest to that. I have not had a good meal unless I cooked it myself. So, you know, that's just it's just the way it is. So a lot of men eat out of their out of their lockers. They eat out of commissary, and when you're limited to that, and they're only feeding you johnnies, I mean, you're you're uh, and there's a lot of sick men, especially if your immune system is down. You know, whatever's going on. You know, it, it's it's just not a good look when you can't even get your vitamin because every everything that you need comes out of the commissary, vitamins, uh protein, uh anything like that. And if you're not able to get those things and there's a pandemic, you know, you're probably gonna be more likely to get sick. Correct. You're limited in so many
5: ways in that predicament.
3: Yeah, and, 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 and then you're being housed You know, in a way that there's no way that you can social social distance. You know, there's just there's especially in a dormitory setting. I mean, you're right on top of each other. Even in a cell setting, I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, you're 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 there. You know, but uh, I don't know. So, well, uh, so so your brother has has he been sick or or did he just test positive, Veronica?
5: He just. Correct. He just um, tested positive. Um, he, he doesn't have no symptoms. Um, I'm thinking they're just testing now to see who has right. it and who doesn't have it.
3: Is but that called like, asymptomatic or something like that? Yeah.
5: Correct. So he's, so he's asymptomatic. asymptomatic.
3: He doesn't yeah, have he's... no
5: symptoms, but he tested positive, correct?
3: Right, 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 yeah. Well, uh, Like uh, I said, we haven't uh,
5: been uh, able um, to talk to him he's the one that they have them in lockdown over there in Huntsville. I'm not sure exactly what right, right. he's in. So we haven't been able to talk to right. him, but um, he was not symptomatic when we spoke to him. So we're hoping it stays that way.
3: Right, right, right. No, that's good. That's good. The, uh, I know that uh, Huntsville is, is really, really going through it right now as far as their uh, COVID. They, uh, I think I read an article a couple of days ago. It said it's the, the, the highest rate of of new cases in the country is in Huntsville, Texas. Now, you can fact check me, I could be wrong, but I mean, you know, uh uh there's, you know, there's a lot of people yeah. being wrong right now. I that think that was New York Times.
5: I saw an article similar, I think it was New York Times. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, um, so, there's like another thing, like when you call to try to get information on your family members, they have no answers. They don't know. They don't know when lockdown will be lifted. They don't know when they're going to call. They. I mean, it's just like they have no answers for you, they should have, they have a hot no matter hot if you're line. the mother, the wife.
3: Yeah, yeah, no matter if you're the next of kin on his paperwork, none of that matters. Look, they should have a hotline <laughs> set up. Where you can call in and check on your loved one. Your loved one is like uh, uh, able to put messages or something on this online to let you know that something. I mean this is crazy. Why don't they uh, appease the public in any way? They, it's like – yeah, it, it, uh, it, it's, 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 it's amazing to me that a, that a company, an organization can be run this way and not have to answer to the customer's. Right. It's just, it's just, it's just crazy to
5: me. But right. uh, um, My mom, I just want to show this. My mom did get a phone sure. call. Um, and this is when Chris was on lockdown, which I told you, like, for the past two weeks, he's been making his five-minute phone call. So about, right. um just like the other day, this week, Thursday, I'm thinking my mom got a phone call, and it was from a priest, and he was calling to relay a message from Chris saying that he was all right. My mom was just curious. She like, when did you get this message from him? And he said, well, we're just hep- helping people out to reach out. We don't know when this message was delivered. But so just to show you that the message or not, they're trying to get messages out there, but there's just not enough time. And by the time they are calling you to tell you, oh, your family member wanted us to let you know he's okay, well, he's already out and calling <laughs> You know, so um, in some ways they are trying, but they're just so much shortage of staff and, um, yeah. you know. Yeah, see, and that's
3: another thing that's that's got this thing going crazy. They were already short of staff before this COVID happened. They've been short of staff for, for years, you know, and uh, <laughs> okay. so, yeah, that's definitely yes. uh, uh, playing a part in. I wanted to share a couple of statistics. We're going to uh, – uh, let me let me see the okay so so the virus in Texas alone they say has killed uh, at least 42 Texas prisoners okay 991 cases from zero as of Friday in Chuckwalla California 44% of the men incarcerated at that prison have tested positive that's one prison see, okay worst outbreak in the prison system, so look, this is where you know we're in that uh, uh what do they call it the 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 hot zone or the uh uh in the prison system right now that's the new that's the new place that's the new outbreak, the new new york city uh thing you know what I'm saying yeah yeah correct. yeah, because yeah. you cannot you cannot separate yourself uh. <laughs> The Texas, the Texas Department of Criminal Justice has reported nearly 6,900 inmates who have had the virus as of Saturday. So,
7: I'm um, sure those numbers,
3: oh the death numbers, are going to go up
7: uh, every day because
3: it's yeah, yeah, every day. So, Veronica, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, we're going to uh, if I, 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 if you thank stay you. on, that would be. Well, thank you so much. And please tell Christopher, I love, if you want to stay on, that would be nice. We're probably going to have some callers. We're going to uh, uh, go to Sandra Grace right now and get her take on the COVID. And then we're going to uh, open up the lines for some callers and see if anyone has any questions for any of y'all. So if y'all want to stay on the line, that would be great. Thank you. Uh, thank you
5: for having me on your platform.
3: Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Sandra Grace, how you doing? I just wanted to kind of uh, get your take on some of these numbers and uh, how you're seeing uh, the handling of the COVID-19, the pandemic down down throughout the country in the prison system.
4: As as it specifically pertains to TBCJ, um, I am happy to share that Texas Department of Criminal Justice did put up a dashboard for case counts Um, And you can find that at cxds.maps, I I can send that to you, to your your, uh, Facebook uh, for you to have. And it is a dashboard similar to the one that Texas has uh, so that we can monitor the reported cases of uh, COVID and uh, statistics associated with that. Um, they also have a dashboard uh, for Bexar County in San Antonio, uh, but I'm happy that they did place uh, this particular uh, resource up, and it's up and running. It's, I think, it's fairly decent. Uh, it says it's very informative. Um, the offender total tested as of now is 1,007 plus Uh, people have been tested um, as of yesterday, because this is like every day, it's updated every day. So uh, as of yesterday, uh, 7,318 cases are positive. And the part, so that is the amount of people that have tested positive to date but the active cases of COVID is 2,705. Okay. <laughs> and recovered, so, yeah. the amount of people that have recovered um, have been approximately 4,200, but in terms of deceased, um, presumed deceased from COVID, is 49, but they're still looking at 34 other cases that they believe were COVID-related. So that's a, that is of um, as of today. They also have offender information as to who has passed, um, and and that is part of their link. Uh, in addition, they do provide a breakdown of the units. So you can select the unit that your loved one is at. So let's talk about Huntsville. Currently, they have 27 active cases. 184 people have recovered. They have employees that are that are. They have three active cases um, and three that have recovered. And uh, medical is restrictions there's it- 1,072, and medical isolations there's 26. So it, it breaks and, it down by unit, but it also breaks it down uh, prison-wide. So as of now, when you those the, who are on medical restrictions
3: are 20,000. When you 20, said the, the Huntsville – I'm sorry, Sandy, when you said the Huntsville unit, you meant uh, the walls, right? That's just that one unit. Correct. Or is that the Huntsville area? Because there's several units, and I know that the Huntsville unit is considered the walls. So I was just wondering if that's
4: yeah, and that's and that's something that we can find here. Um, I'm scrolling down. They've got there. You're talking about the Wallace unit?
3: No, no, they have uh, the Hunts. uh, you, You know, they have the Huntsville is your corporate, of course, we know that. But they have several units. But when they say the Huntsville unit, it's talking about the walls unit were there where they release and and when they release and transfer people all over the system. But when mm-hmm. they say Huntsville, uh Huntsville it could be could mean all the units. So I was just wondering if those numbers that you shared did it say the Huntsville unit or was it just talking about the whole Huntsville area? No, just the Huntsville unit. Okay, well then that's the Walls unit. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was just and I, I just is- wanted to clarify that because I don't but want the really numbers to be about too small. So, um, you know,
4: we're fortunate that, you know, we have this, you know, at the touch, of, we can look it up on our smartphones. It'll pop up. Um, oh, yeah. Right now, the amount of people Texas-wide, on, uh, prisoners that are on medical restriction, is 20,374. Uh, those that are on medical isolation is about twenty eight hundred. And there's 30 units right now that are currently on lockdown. Now, this also breaks through not only the offenders that are in the unit, they also have a tab to click on for those that are employed there. So as of right now, we have uh, about a little over a thousand people that have tested positive that are employed there. There, but there's 372 active COVID cases. Um, Many have recovered presumed uh, COVID cases. So there have been deceased uh, employees and that is at eight right now. So um, testing, testing, testing right now is such a big um, need. And the employees tested are at 31,000, but there's a lot more employees than that. As well as you know the offenders that have been tested, um, it's at 107,000. But you know testing is is not just a one-time. You got to keep testing, you know, to see who it's. It is um, quite an undertaking, and but it's good to know this. And so I thought I'd share that there is a a website for all to see and look and uh, find their loved ones in the unit. And see what um, is going on in that particular unit, and so um, I hope that helps.
3: yeah, absolutely that does. I also wanted to share that the marshall the marshallproject dot org is also a great source of information for things like that i uh, uh, so. I use them for a lot of things, but yes, absolutely, Sandra Grace, that was great information. Do you want to uh, uh, share anything else on any insights that you have, as you know, besides our uh, besides the the website that you were just on? I think that it,
4: I think that's probably one of the most essential resources that families would need. I definitely I know that if my brother was um, incarcerated, that this is something that I would look at every day. Um, And advocate, you know, if I needed to. So um, this is a a good start in in just being aware. Um, But of course, you know, I understand uh, uh, Veronica uh, stating that uh, what actually is reported and the actual, um, the reality of things are very different. You know, I talked about it last week where we have, you know, ideally these are the way, you know, that we. this is a certain way that we would um, protocol or standard operating procedures and working with, you know, or helping those that are in need, uh, medical need. Uh, Ideally there are protocols, but realistically are those protocols being honored? Um, And so I, I would definitely be very suspicious at this point Because of the outbreak uh, and the the rapidness of the outbreak is indicative that there was new procedure. So our evidence is there that they are not following procedure and that it's just been one, you know, one big challenge after another, Uh, and unfortunately at the cost uh, and the lives of not only employees. Uh, but also the people that um, are incarcerated and they still have rights and so um, and they are human and uh, it's it's a, a travesty of justice um, as I mentioned last time to go in uh, to the prison system being it female or male to know that you are going to be carried out in a body bag because medical attention was not provided to you um, so that just uh, – just, it breaks my heart. Um, and so I, I hope that the awareness uh, continues, and thank you, Michael, for for being that conduit um, of information.
3: Well, thank you, Sandra Grace. I appreciate that. I, You know, we – I, I kind of spoke about that last week. I said nowadays – I mean, these kids are getting these sentences. You might get a five-year sentence to TDC, but it could possibly be a death sentence. Because, I mean, it is going on. You know, there's no way to take care of yourself down there unless you are completely isolated because, I mean, there is a major outbreak. But uh, I wanted to uh, just talk real quickly, uh, Sandra Grace, about you have a show tonight. Is that correct? you come on at 9? Or, or what time do you come on tonight, uh, Sandra Grace, with Amplified Life? Oh, uh,
4: I try to go on at 7 p.m. The Amplified Life, and today's topic is love liars and lunatics. So
3: it ought to be an interesting show. Excellent. What is it? Love liars and lunatics? Yes, sir. Excellent. I love that. So anyway, I just wanted to plug, give you a plug, uh, Sandra Grace. In the and is that on where? What platforms are you going to be on, uh, Sandra Grace? I'm using Facebook Live. Okay. Okay. So you can go to Sandra Grace Martinez, and uh, it's the Amplified Life, and it will be on at 7 o'clock tonight. So she's doing us a justice by staying on with us today and coming on with us today and still doing her show right after this one. I really appreciate you coming on, Sandra Grace. We're going to uh, go to some callers. And see if – well, I'm going to even check if we have any callers. Uh, Christopher, and and see if they have any questions. Uh, Panel, is that okay? Christopher, do we have anyone on?
0: Uh, Yes, sir. We do have uh, two callers on the line. And for security purposes, we will only read your last four digits of your phone number. So first first caller up, (laughs) (laughs) 2791-2791. How
9: are you doing? Uh, 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 well, he's already good Brian
0: <laughs> Hey is, is there a caller on the line? Of
2: course it is Just like Hispanics And Portuguese
6: and God <laughs> Well Do
3: you have a question? I'm going to work some more. <laughs> Love me some let's,
0: him. Let's, let's go to another caller. If not, we'll continue with the
3: show. I can't yeah. I can't understand.
0: Yeah. yeah, I can't understand what they are saying either. Uh, sorry, caller. We'll get back to you. Um, next caller, 8188. 8188, you're on the air with Michael She like
7: My brother, Mike What's going on, brother? How you doing? Doing good, man. It's Jarbo, man Hey, what's going on, Michael? How are you? What you got for us today, brother? Well, first I wanted to uh, say thanks for the early prayer when you came in earlier Uh, Really appreciate that Number two, sorry I missed the last two days, man It's been crazy at work Of course, I know we're talking about COVID COVID is outrageous Uh out here, out everywhere. So um, just found out i got a brother-in-law that, that, that has it. He is down with it right now. So um, it, it it's a scary time. So uh, on top of that, for Miss Sandra Grace, I guess uh, you're going to have to chime in on this, Mike. So with Sandra Grace mentioning, I wanted to see – so I have cousins. Like I said, I even had you as a friend through the years that was locked up. And I guess the hardest part is if I want to come see you, if I want to talk to you, um, give you that lift that, hey, man, you know, you're going to see me every month. You're going to see me, uh, you know, twice a month. doesn't make a difference. But it just seems like there's a connection that, that inmates are losing. I know my cousin, when I asked him, how come you never called me, let me know you were locked up. because man, I, I feel bad. Uh, I don't want you to see me this way. But that's your family, man. You know, you're, you're like a brother to me. You're a cousin to me. Um, I, I just need to know on, on the, I guess, the social side, the mental side, has Sandra Grace talked to any prisoners like this? Like, hey, you know, you got you to open up. It, it, you're not a disgrace to the family, and they're trying to help you. So that's what I'm trying to figure out. Because, I mean, I, I, I want to okay. get in there. I do. I want to get in there. And, and it seems like right now, what we're talking about, we've been talking about for almost, you know, 75 days. Uh, through cell life is that You know we're limited on how we can get in there If I want to go talk to somebody I've got to be a priest If I want to go in and talk to somebody else um, You know I've, I've got to be on a list Which hey if I just want to help You know whether it's one or whether It's a hundred of them with commissaries, Say hey man you know here's Here's three cases of of deodorant And, and shampoo Why can't I give that to y'all I, I don't understand It doesn't make any sense to Sure me. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sandra Grace can answer
3: on the mental uh, side, and I'll kind of elaborate on the other. If you want to, Sandra Grace. Well, it it sounds like, uh,
4: you know, the there's um, a running theme amongst uh, those that who are, are incarcerated that um, there's a level of shame. Um, now there are some there are some mental illnesses that not all prisoners struggle with, um, there's a, a, a small percentage, and I'm not talking about them, those are people that are psychopaths and, you know, and perhaps even sociopaths, uh, but I'm talking about um, not the, that that population, which is a very small population, even though sometimes psychological evaluations will point to them having a level of psychotic. So, what I see in the prison system is offenders who are ashamed. There is the shame attached to what they are at this time. Um, they are being identified by a SID number, they're being identified by their population Um, and sometimes uh, shameful things may be done just to survive and so not many people are ready to discuss and be very open and candid um, until they find a source of empowerment Uh, and so to answer your question I believe that Our population, men and women, who struggle with a level of shame that hinders their ability to reach out to support and to even accept that there is support or people on their side. Hopefully, that answers your question.
3: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Mike, Mike, I want to say first of all, I want to kind of introduce Michael. Michael Yargo is a friend of mine that I've known since, I guess, junior high, maybe elementary. Six, six, and six, uh, five, six, it, it was elementary, I believe. And uh he has supported me. He has probably watched every show that I have put out. He is a very good friend and a very dear uh person in my life. And uh his his son is a police officer. So we've had many very good conversations and connecting in different ways because he has a different perspective and I just want to give a shout out to the good police officers out there that are out there doing their job and trying to actually help society uh, and I and, and, and I honor them because uh, I know that Michael's son is a great man and uh, so I know and, and look, I've had two run-ins with the police since I have been out of the cell for the last couple of weeks, and both of them have been extremely positive. Uh, I, I was driving a vehicle that was not completely correct, and they, I did not even get a ticket. They spoke to me. They're now watching the show Cell Life. We had great conversations, so I just want to give a shout out, but I want to introduce you a little bit, Michael. But I want to say the shame part is definitely something that I dealt with, uh, and that's part of why I uh, created this situation kind of, this, the whole cell life, the whole cell project was to destigmatize the, the, the demons of whatnot that were in my head telling me. That I would never be good enough, or I'll, you know, you'll always be a convict, or you know whatnot. So I said, you what? know what, I'm just going to expose myself, and then I don't have to worry about it anymore. I'm, I'm just going to get put it all out there, And uh, you know, be transparent, and then work from there. Now, as far as the commissary and the deodorant, toothpaste, and things like that that you were speaking about, you know, how can we get These men, about once a year, some units allow uh, the – some churches to donate uh, deodorant, shampoo, toothpaste. It's only during Christmas usually, and it's not across the board. i try to get that. It's it's too much out of an an angle. Uh. This is what I don't understand. It is not across the board. Why can you do it on one unit? But you can't do it on the other units. You know, it's it's it, it's the relationships that the chaplains have with the with the administration, and if they can talk them into it or not. Like it's some like it's some you know, please let us do this major you know favor
9: for huh? these
8: people
3: that are not deserving, you know, type thing. You know what I'm saying? In reality, they don't have the odor to or toothpaste, man. Everybody's deserving of that. You know, so I don't know. It's uh but there are ways, Michael, and maybe roof
7: i fuck up the roof. I'm not fucking up the roof. Uh
3: maybe we can come up with something. Uh I don't know who's on the line, but uh anyway, Michael, I hope that answered your question. Maybe he's no longer on the line. Christopher, do we have anyone else on the line?
0: Uh, no fear. I put up my i just having a conversation, and you know I can't have. All right. I just wanted to uh,
3: just kind of, I don't know. Uh, Leticia, are you still on the line? How about Veronica?
2: Hi.
4: Yes. I Sandra Grace. Yes, I'm still here.
3: Well, it's just me and you then, Sandra Grace. I think Veronica is on uh, I just, Oh she is I didn't yes, hear her I, I just wanted to know if you wanted To say if any any Either one of y'all wanted to just go ahead And give some closing uh, Statements and just kind of Maybe some shout outs or whatever you'd like to do Veronica if you'd like to go first that'd be fine
5: I just wanted again to say Thank you for having me on your platform And um, letting everyone Share their story And thank you Miss Sandra Grace, for your insight. I really appreciate it.
4: You're welcome, Veronica. Thank you for your being so brave um, and discussing some of these um, events that have happened in you and yours' life. Um, God bless you and, and your family.
3: Thank you very much. Thank you. And Veronica, I want to thank you so much for calling in or being on the show. I know it was at Uh, the last minute uh, and you agreed and I really appreciate it and I thank you so much for sharing. Uh, Please tell your mother I said hello and your brothers as well and if they again if you need to talk or if you need anything or uh, I also want to give out our P.O. Box it's Cell Life, P.O. Box 1234, Raymondville Texas, 78580 and anyone uh, who has anyone that is incarcerated can have them write in and uh, share any of their uh, stories, uh, insights, COVID information, artwork, poetry, shout-outs, anything they'd like to do, and we will try to get them on the air. But we really want to hear from these guys, so thank you so much, Veronica, for being on the show. And Sandra Grace, do you have any closing uh, statements you'd like Um, to make or anything you'd like to say? I have
5: one. One question for Ms. Sandra Grace. Um, if she could repeat that yes. website and and the name of that book.
4: Yes. Um, let's see. It's, I sent it, actually, if it's okay, I sent it off to uh, Michael's uh, okay. messenger. But it's there. Okay. And then the book as well. Yeah, I'll get it to you, that we're, that we're in this together. Yeah. Um, so you'll have the links ready for you and, and okay, you can post several you. other books that are out there. Um, yes. Uh, so, uh, it is an abundance of information, no doubt.
5: Thank you for
3: that. Excellent. 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 So Sandra Grace, would you like to uh, close out with anything ma'am? Well,
4: I want to acknowledge that prisoners, are the unsupported population Um, and it is a a shame uh, coming from an advocate for human rights Uh, I think um, there's some atrocities that happen and I think that we're seeing things unfold now Uh, and I hurt for people that are having to endure the not knowing of their loved ones in in our Texas uh, incarceration system. I do know that they have an ombudsman program uh, that we can call and complain. Um, that is on their website, on the TDCJ website. They offer, usually they're supposed to be a party that is not is, is like a mediator, um, and they do offer problem solutions, um, grievances, um, so on and so forth. And uh, they're TDCJ ombudsman office, so it is an actual office um, that you can certainly um, you know take advantage of uh, in terms of filing a grievance, a grievance. Um and so on and so forth, and so I in, in closing, um, you know there's a, a larger there's more bandwidth you know to the struggles that families um, eventually that will succumb to their 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 emotional emotional casualties, marital casualties there's there's many things. Um, And, of course, I just I don't want to minimize the effects that it has uh, uh, raising children with a parent in prison, which could be a whole other topic um, because that is traumatic for them. It's traumatic for the parents. It's, you know, that's incarcerated and the one who is not uh, incarcerated. Um, So it, it does take a toll on our kiddos. So. Um, I, I once saw uh, on the wall of um, administration uh, that, you know, that some people are, are um, you know, they, they look, so where they make their phone calls, uh, they have sometimes these really nice, uh, they're able to write. Maybe it's only in the female incarcerated uh, prisons that I visited. Um, One of them said said something like, um, we may not have it all together, but together we have it all, (laughs) something to that effect. Oh, Um, I love that. And I think that's very powerful. Um, It takes power in numbers to raise awareness. And so don't let up, Mr. Ceballos, do not let up one bit. Um, I think you are bringing to light some things that... Well, have been kept in the dark. And so um, I believe that now is the time in our social and um, com- our community pulse at the time, it's now in, in this history or historic time, you know, to bring out all types of injustices. And so um, I just commend you for your tenacity and for you to be on uh, every day. And uh, talk to us via Facebook Live. Um, That is commitment. And so I applaud.
3: I applaud that. Well, thank you, Sandra Grace. And I wanted to just let you know that, you know, I'm a novice at at all this. So I have uh, watched and listened and uh, observed and learned. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate you uh, uh, coming on with us and sharing uh, your knowledge, your expertise, and it is uh, – you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, I need the help, and you've been a great asset to me, and I really appreciate you. You've been a great asset of information uh, for, for the listeners, and, uh, you know, so, so I really – and I know I've told you this before, and I just enjoy – Uh, uh, To hear you speak Because you speak uh, uh, My language I guess It's a language that that is uh, Easy on my ears So I just want to let you know that And I really appreciate you coming on I wanted to say a couple of things About uh, Some things that you said Uh, Immediately when you Mentioned the ombudsman Of course because I'm an ex-convict I immediately became defensive Because I've been there but I do want to say this: I have had some very good experiences with the ombudsman in TDCJ. Even though I have a biased opinion, the truth of the matter is is that they have been effective uh, the few times that I've had to use them. So, you know, I, I uh, even though I want to, because they are part of the good old boy system.
7: You know, they're there, they're
3: there, they're. They're uh, with them, but I have – they do uh, do more than most people that work for TDCJ or work with the system because uh, I, I guess they're just not as fearful of uh, – getting looked upon as if they're trying to help an inmate or something, you know what I'm saying? Because that's a big deal down there, fraternization, and, you know, or whatever. You know, they think that you're, oh, oh you're breaking weak, you're trying to help uh, one of these, you know, one of these guys. And so you it's peer pressure. And But the ombudsman I have had some good experiences with. So I just wanted to add that. I don't know if I added or took away from what you said, but I definitely uh, have had experiences with them. Uh, We're just going to – we're going to kind of close out the show. Uh, Again, my name is Michael Ceballos. This is Cell Life, uh, the podcast. We are also on Facebook Live every day at 5 p.m. Central Time with our Cell Life Facebook show. And we usually have discussions on some of the same issues, but uh, they're only 30 to 45-minute segments. And so I'm, uh, I'm learning to get through a two-hour segment, which is a little bit more difficult. But, uh, look, I really appreciate y'all coming on. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. We have changed our Facebook, our live Facebook, to 9 p.m. We've been at 5 p.m. for so long that I've just uh, – I accidentally – but we are at 9 p.m. Uh, my, uh, my Dallas uh, producer – just uh, let me know what time it was and got me back on track. But, yeah, so it's a 9 p.m. show on Facebook every day. Uh, we are not – every day but Sunday. Uh, so we have the, the, the podcast, and we are wanting to direct traffic over that way so that we can uh, get more listeners and get the word out and stuff like that. So anyway, I'm really – Really appreciate y'all tuning in. We're, we are also on TikTok. We will be going live. We'll be going live on TikTok pretty soon. Uh, we're capable of going live, but we're trying to figure out what message exactly we want to convey. TikTok's a very different platform, and we want to uh, come out with the correct message so that we can uh, get the best. Uh, you know, so we can be heard. Uh, so we're trying to just find a, an avenue to come out. But uh, we are also on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. Our, our, our TikTok channel is called Prison Cell Life. Our uh, YouTube channel is called Cell Life Prison on the Outside. And of course, our Facebook is under Michael Ceballos, M I C H A E L C E V A L L O S. And uh, also, Cell Life on Facebook. We have two different pages, and you can catch us on all of those. And we would really, we are, are you know, again, we are on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. It is an unconventional uh, ministry, and we are, uh, fit right in. We are definitely an unconventional ministry, and uh, but we are definitely trying to reach people in different ways in order to help them uh, better. Uh, see their future, and uh, just, you know, integrate back into society. And also, while they're in prison, uh, maybe uh, help them to see the fact that it's time to rehabilitate now and not later. I mean, we need to grow wherever we are planted at all times. So uh, anyway, uh, I want to go ahead and close out with a prayer. Uh, so we're just going to go ahead and go to- – going to prayer. Heavenly Father we come to you in the name of Jesus Lord again thanking you so much for allowing us to have a platform to speak for you Lord. father we ask that you just continue to watch over all the people in the whole in the world that are dealing with this pandemic. father we ask that you begin to heal this country, uh, in, in, in in ways that only Only you can Lord Father we are going through some things In this country right now And uh, we need to come together Father And only you can bring us together correctly Lord Father we just thank you For uh, just allowing us To continue to live day by day And uh, uh, Just grow and learn And uh, be, be Present And I thank you for my freedom In every way uh, you have allowed me uh, to just uh, to be okay out here, and I thank you so much. So anyway, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, y'all, we will see y'all next week. Uh, it is every Sunday. It is Cell Life. Uh, and if you're just tuning in for the first time, it is a an experiment. It is a year-long experiment into personal transformation and educating society on the different issues that convicts face inside and outside the walls. Uh, I was released on January 17th of 2020 and built a cell in the free world and decided to go into it for a year to work on these different issues, mainly personal transformation. And to be honest with you, I think that. Uh, We've definitely had some personal transformations, uh, and we are learning a lot of new things. And uh, so, uh, yeah, things are going well. So, anyway, it is day 75 in a year-long experiment, and uh, we've got, uh, you know, nine nine months and some change left. Uh, We'll be coming out on April the 3rd of 2021. Anyway, I love you all. And I appreciate y'all tuning in. Uh, And we will see y'all next week at 4.30. It's Cell Live from 4.30 to 6.30. Check us out on Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. We'll see y'all next week. Signing out. This is Cell Live.